0: All right, hello everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Garage podcast. I am your host, as always, David Dassaw, and joined with me, as per usual, is my good friend, Ted White. How are you doing, good sir? Hey, what's up, David? <laughs> that was... What? <laughs> I don't know, that was just short and brief and abrupt, but... Okay, well, let's try it again. Pitch it back to me. <laughs> hey, Ted, how you doing?
1: Not got nothing. Let's stick with the original.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll stick with the original. Um, how's uh, has your week been so far?
1: Um, well, I am over the sickness that I talked about on the last episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm still down with that sickness. Believe me. Uh, yeah. That sickness
0: never leaves. No one's breaking that fever.
1: <laughs> 25 long, long years of that. Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I'm o- I'm over that. My allergies are not bothering me as much. I'm starting to, you know, I'm getting my springtime armor, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, the time change fucked with me. I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Just... And I woke up and I was like, wow, I slept a long time. No, I didn't. Fuck you, time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I actually, with the time change, uh, not only did I lose an hour like everyone else that is subject to... Daylight savings time spring forward, but I ended up sleeping in or not sleeping. I woke up an hour earlier than usual because I was suffering from seasonal allergies and my body was just like, no, fuck you, David. Like, you're not going to get any goddamn sleep. You want nice
1: things? Wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, but I, like you, have experienced a, a slight lifting of my seasonal allergies here in the last couple of days, which is great because- seasonal allergies blow and they're nothing to fuck with in the south so um that is true yeah that's always a good thing but alas seasonal allergies are not what we're here to talk about today what we are here to talk about is one of you and i's favorite uh favorite monster um monsters i guess yeah
1: Uh, creature feature
0: yeah yeah and that is mr king kong himself you excited about this
1: yeah, I mean, I love King Kong. Uh, going back to when I was a kid, I mean, obviously, you know, growing up, uh, sixty, you know, fifty or sixty years after the movie came out originally, you know, King Kong was already firmly in the in the uh, in the cultural bedstone at that point. Of course, so right. you know, I, I can't really remember a time when I wasn't aware of King Kong. Um, and I think, like all kids, I was super into like dinosaurs and creatures so right you know seeing the movie for the first time i was just like whoa and and, you know i I just never really grew out of that so i'm very excited
0: (laughs) yeah same i I, king kong and godzilla which of course we will get to uh they were definitely 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 ingrained in my childhood Uh, just like you said i I was uh, the same goes for me like my childhood was all like your prototypical boys stuff as far as like the things you're interested in minus like the sports stuff i just that that i could never really get into um i i tried but i am just not an athletic person and i think i found that out really early on um so i was like you know what i'm gonna stick to like my wrestling strengths yeah play to my strengths i'm gonna stick with like my wwf wrestling action figures and like my godzilla and king kong action figures and my power Rangers. i had a lot of action figures growing up um, I could tell. but yeah uh i don't know where they all went i think my parents just one day while i was at school they were like ha ha yeet them into the sun <laughs> and uh, i came home and i was like where's that and they're like <laughs> you're a man now <laughs> Uh, yeah,
1: it's, it was like the, the Catholic version of a bar mitzvah.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, minus the, minus the Havana Gila. Yeah. And lifting me up a few changes, but (laughs) right. But for the most part, still plenty of essentially though, the same. (laughs) Right. Um, and I, I did rock some sideburns, so that's, you know, that was a thing. Hmm. uh but anyways god we are really great at getting off track and right off the bat
1: all we're good at in fact
0: um so yeah we like i said we're here to talk about king kong i'm excited ted i know you're excited um we uh we've kind of been putting this out there for the uh, last couple of episodes uh just a, a thank you to our current subscribers and if you're a new listener of the podcast welcome uh thank you so much for choosing our podcast as one to prepared to be to. let down <laughs> right well we will do our best to rise to the level of mediocrity uh t- to the point where you're like well that wasn't an hour wasted it, <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't an
1: hour gained right
0: <laughs> i didn't gain anything however nothing was lost um
1: they are pleasant enough <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> right like our goal is is to make you get to that point at the end where that scene from billy madison isn't running through your head where he's like what you just said is beyond the dumbest thing that i've ever heard in my entire life everyone in this room is now dumber for having to listen to it therefore i award you no points and may god have mercy on your soul <laughs> like that's our goal is to hope to that avoid that if right at all possible yeah. yes um but yeah um i think uh i think we'll we'll try and keep our intro short for this episode
1: um, we're doing a great job so far
0: <laughs> right let's see Let, let's sugar hey uh no our our intro time is at like seven minutes and some seconds so
1: um a new personal a- best
0: <laughs> right uh Shall we hit the intro music and get the show on the road? All right. Indeed. Let us do just that. Boop. All right, so Ted, before we get started on uh, talking about some King Kong and his future films, you want to go over the Facebook poll?
1: Yeah, that seems like a good enough place to start.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's usually when we do it, right at the top. Uh, so our Facebook poll this week was simply, "What's your favorite King Kong film?" Easy enough, um, and I'm excited to say that no punches were thrown and uh, no insults. A new personal best <laughs> right no insults were hurled which is also great however um uh, i the results we got i was expecting i don't know how ted was expecting the results but he was definitely i don't want to put words in your mouth but slightly disappointed <laughs> i think was
1: um I, I don't know if disappointed is the right word um to be disappointed you have to have expectations no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well that's fair yeah um no i mean yeah let, Colum- let, Skull Island won.
0: yeah let, let, let's go over and let's we can talk going, a little yeah. bit yeah so um you know we i threw out uh i gave everyone the option to add uh films if they wanted to but i i mainly included I included the main ones, the, the ones that everyone's aware of, um, for the most part. So obviously the 1933 original, the 1976 remake of that original, uh, Peter Jackson's 2005 um, reboot, I think is what it's technically. And uh, I put the Sung-Up Kong on there, which I think came out several years after the original. Um, and mm-hmm. then, of course, uh, Kong Skull Island. Uh, the one choice that I did not add, which uh, happens to be the only choice that was added by a listener, was never seen a King Kong film. And I was like, "Oh which, yeah, why,
1: why, why are you voting? Why? <laughs> this obviously isn't for you, man." <laughs>
0: um, no, but I, it's cool. Like, I mean, monster movies aren't everyone's thing. No, it that's yeah. I mean, doesn't I'm, have I'm, to be everyone's thing. But
1: goofing. Yeah. Um, Full question goofing.
0: Um, right. So, yeah, Ted, like you said, Kong Skull Island won. Uh, It got the most votes. Pretty Uh, handily, also. Yeah.
1: Kind of a runaway.
0: (laughs) Which isn't super surprising. You know, most of our audience is either our age or younger. So I feel like most of them will just identifying it and get more enjoyment out of skull Island.
1: it's the most recent one and it probably is the one that most people have seen you're right so right um i think it kind of won by default in some Mm -hmm. ways it's i don't have anything against the movie i think i I had a lot of fun when i was seeing it you know but i i don't know that it it's not what i would have voted for i'll put it that way but it it doesn't matter sure
0: well if you had a facebook account you could have voted
1: yeah but no, the pros outweigh or outweighed by the cons. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm telling you, man, just, just set one up, set it with like the highest security, uh, or privacy settings and you just get on there, uh, use a fake name to, right. Yeah. Some pseudoname, just get Dave on there. To, <laughs> what was that?
1: Dave Sabidi. That's my alter ego. My fake name.
0: Is it? Okay. Yes. Well, yeah, use that. And then just get on there to vote on polls.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> da- dave is not the the poll voting kind of person but that's all right that's not he's the
0: poll writing kind of person
1: hell i've already i've already said too much <laughs> <laughs> i was never uh, given a name no, i mean i was <laughs> uh, like i said skull on is a good movie um and, and it's in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter who's you know what what the choices or what the ultimate choice of this poll was not really so not no reason to get out of shape right i will say though uh i was somewhat aware of this, although not completely aware of this, but holy god, there are a shitload of King Kong movies. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. Um I don't I
0: still don't think it's as many as uh there are Godzilla movies. Oh but, no, not even close. Yeah, but there's still plenty. Um yeah. it, it was much easier to take my pick of which uh King Kong movies I wanted to either watch for the first time or catch up with and rewatch. Um then it will be for when we do Godzilla next week, because that is going to be a fucking chore.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are um, a few dozen Godzilla movies. I feel like I'm trying to look at my uh, my DVD rack and count. So there's there's like 25.
0: You said you said like most of them are on the Criterion uh, channel, right? Uh, a lot collection? of the a lot of
1: the earlier ones so godzilla um to kind of take a quick detour here uh the godzilla films have been broken up into a few distinct uh, i guess categories or timelines not timelines in the sense of like the story but uh a- actual like time frames in in, in history right uh the sh- the Showa era which is the first and and most um pro- prolific i guess it would be the way to say it that 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 era has the most films in it and it lasted from roughly 1954 to 1974ish i think hmm. um and that was that of course that's the original and then um the original king kong versus godzilla is part of that and uh you know some of the the more classic godzilla films uh not my favorite era but there's some good ones yeah uh, but yeah there's like a lot or something Godzilla movies. I think I, I, I honestly don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. I've got like 30 of them and I don't <laughs> even have half. Like I barely got half of them, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely touch more on, uh, on Godzilla whenever.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll put a pin in that.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a, uh, like, like you said, Ted, there's a lot of Kong films, too many to name, uh, too many for us to name, uh, and, and go over. Um, Plus, there's no point in going over the movies that we, we personally haven't seen because what's yeah, the point gonna, in us talking about shit that we haven't actually watched right. with our eyeballs?
1: We're, we're gonna we're gonna hit the high points basically. So right, uh, of course, there's the original, the 1933, the the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, David, you mentioned Son of Kong, which was the first sequel when they were like, holy shit, we can make money off of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, the '76 remake you mentioned with the. Uh, with Jeff, Jeff Bridges, Bridges and his dreamy eyes. Oh God, yeah.
0: I I was like when I we'll get into that.
1: But. Yeah, we'll we'll put a pin in that as well. Yeah. Uh, then of course Peter Jackson's 2005 remake, which was pretty divisive, as I recall. Mm. I liked it yeah. a lot. I saw it on uh, New Year's Eve, uh, yeah. a couple weeks after it came out. That was mm-hmm. a fun experience. Uh, Skull Island, which we've talked about on the podcast before, and we'll kind of retouch a little bit on this episode. And then of course the upcoming Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, remake or reboot, uh, what have you? But there's been several others. Again, we're not going to cover them, but just like Google King Kong franchise, and you will be probably as surprised as I was. And I like I like King Kong, and I was like, where the fuck did all these movies come from? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, the the uh, Wikipedia has a um, a page for the King Kong franchise, which has a pretty good. Uh, I mean, obviously it's pretty compre- comprehensive the list there and plus they they do a pretty good job of breaking each one down and going chronologically and hitting the high notes of each one and um just cultural impacts of each one and that's that's kind of another thing with king kong too is like just like godzilla had its own kind of like cultural impacts like king kong had that as well mm-hmm. um where you you were telling me that <clears throat> uh like the first one kind of came out of the great depression and made like a fuck ton of money. Right.
1: Like, yeah. So the original Kong film, um, keep in mind, this is like $1933. Um, but it played to like sold out theaters Mm -hmm. during the depression, you know, which is, is pretty impressive when you think about it. Um, It's kind of tough to say how much it made on its initial run because theaters and movie going was very different then than it is now. So it's not like now, you know, if you don't make a hundred million bucks opening weekend or within the first couple of weeks, like your movie's a failure, you know, Um, but, but it's, it made something like, uh,
0: I think it was like 1.5 billion
1: adjusted. Yeah. Uh, no, no yeah.
0: I, th- I think that that's that was in 1933 dollars was like holy one, shit i 1. know 1. 5. It, it
1: got it got re-released several times over the years as well so like right. it got re-released in like um i think it was like 36 or 38 and then it got re-released in like 1962 and then a couple other times because like people just loved it and again the movie going experience and the movie watching experience then is, is very different as compared yes. to now it's of, you know yeah. everything comes out on dvd now or everything's available to stream now whereas obviously then you know they yeah. didn't have streaming for one thing but they also didn't have um like vhs or dvds like like we've had since the 80s really
0: mm-hmm. yeah for all you young heads out there um there there was once upon a time uh, a point in existence where the only time you could go see a movie was in the theaters and yeah your, your only hopes of seeing it again was hoping that they re-released it in theaters like they did with king kong
1: Either they re-released it in theaters or it was like the Sunday night movie of the week or something. Mm. Um, you know, I, right. I, I've had this conversation with other people like, um, you know, some of my buddies and their their younger siblings. But, like, it's, it's weird now because it seems like people watch a movie once on Netflix or wherever and then they just kind of like, yeah, I've seen it and that's the end <laughs> of it. Whereas, like, I remember when I was growing up, like they would replay the same movies because they'd get a contract or something for, for three months and they'd play it like twice a week. And you, you would like, that was what you watched. That was what there was. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, TBS showed first blood 15 times in a four day span. And that's just what you had, you know, Um, which is, you know, obviously that's a a little bit of a a hyperbole, but Mm -hmm. it's very, it's very different. So, Uh, but yeah, I mean, it made a shitload of money getting back to, to King Kong, which, um, is, is pretty crazy. And again, now, you know, you look and you're like, Oh, $90,000 opening weekend, even, even adjusted for inflation. That's not too crazy, but you know um, keep in mind, this is again, 1933, nobody's making any money and it's the height of the height of the depression. So it it was a phenomenon.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, since we're kind of uh, already on the, the topic of the first one, you want to, talk a little bit about the first one
1: yeah absolutely
0: so yeah the first one uh, like we said it uh, debuted in 1933 in the great depression um where everyone was super depressed and no one was making any no fucking happiness money allowed yes yeah. no happiness and it was black and white in real life like yes all the movies there like and tv shows like th- those were in black and white but like life was actually in black and white like pleasantville mm. So yeah. yeah, that's that's how sad it was, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was directed by Marion C. Cooper and Ernest B. Shodis, Shodisack. I think it's how sure. you say. It. No
1: one, no one knows.
0: <laughs> yes, it's it's a myth, um, and it it had Faye Ray, Robert Armstrong, and Bruce Cab, Cab. It's I believe it's Cabot, Cabot. Cabot um, yeah. or or he could be like French, Bruce Cabot. You know? pebo
1: yes It's cabot
0: yeah <laughs> no he's american god damn it um <laughs> but uh yeah i so i what when i re what i thought was re-watching um and what i still think is re, re-watching i wasn't sure if i actually saw this movie before and i was like i, I what i was watching i was like god like I felt like it would come back to me as I was watching it, but I was like, I feel like I hadn't seen this before, but um, I'm pretty sure I saw it in my film class, my senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, that that's kind of where I landed. I, so I definitely officially rewatched it the other day and. um, The obvious things aside, like technological advances um over you know almost a hundred years ago and just other things that you just kind of have to give this movie a pass for like i think this movie holds up um
1: yeah ted, I, I agree 100 percent.
0: yeah ted you were you texted me uh I, I think you watched it or rewatched it the night after i did and um you texted me about the music and i was like yeah goddamn, yeah. like the music is fucking dope
1: yeah um the i mean it starts with the overture the classic you know i wish i wish movies still did that i I know know, it's
0: it's a lot of fun
1: yeah uh it starts with the overture and then of course that fades right into like the theme and and it's just like it, it it really sets the tone well and then once the movie gets going and like kong's theme and the more um like the swells as the action happens like i feel they really like man say what you want about the quote-unquote golden age of hollywood in the 20s 30s 40s etc but like they had it fucking down when it came to music mm-hmm. um most scores now are like they sound like hold music you know what i mean like you call <laughs> some place you're on hold and that's that's what a lot of soundtracks now remind me of but yeah the 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 score for this is just fucking phenomenal
0: yeah yeah um so the music's great. Uh, I I thought, you know, some of the acting and uh, the the way that, like, the script writing, I thought was a little blocky, and I don't know if schlocky is, is the right word, but, like, um, just a little rough around the edges, but for the most part, like, I think Fay Wray, like, stole the fucking show. Like, she, she yeah, was so I great. Mean, she's, in, yeah, yeah, she's, like, so great in her role, and, like... The scene that sticks out to me, other than like the classic, like you know, King Kong coming through the the shrubbery, the trees for the first time, and and you kind of see him and see him for the first time, and she sees him for the first time. You know that scream, uh, like you know that's fucking classic. But the scene that comes to mind for me is when they are sailing to the island on um on the boat, and they're you know they're doing that the filming on the boat
1: where the test shots. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. The test shots. And so he's kind of given her some direction to like, you know, start by looking down and then looking up and he's like, giving her more direction like you're you don't know what you're seeing you're you're coming to the realization that it's horrifying and and like and then he gives her the direction to scream and she just lets out like this blood curdling scream and you're like
1: this banshee shriek
0: right and i was like it gave me goosebumps and like it's giving me goosebumps now just thinking about it but like it was so fucking good
1: (laughs) yeah i i kind of um i would have liked to have been a fly on the wall when they were trying to cast her like Okay, Faye. We want you to look pretty and scream a lot. <laughs> that's it. That's all you have to do. Right. And uh, I wish I were joking, but that's pretty much all she does in the whole movie. She does it well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to knock on Faye Ray because she, you know, she's classic in this film for a reason. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just, I have to imagine it's like what? What's my motivation? Terror <laughs> and also beauty, but terror.
0: <laughs> right. And also <laughs> yeah. that's you know w- without. St- Without saying like that's kind of a sign of the times, right? Is, yeah, for sure. I for mean, there's
1: female yeah, you, roles you, in movies. You, you yeah. Uh, I think you texted me about this a little bit uh, as you were watching it, and you were like, "Some of this dialogue is questionable at best." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where um, they
1: they basically elude uh, in, in the first scene of the film where they're all in the vessel, and he's talking about like, "You got to find me a woman." for the picture. And he's like, Oh, you know, women face more danger in New York. And they're like, yeah, I bet from guys like you. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like <laughs> the, uh, the diner
0: scene where he, uh, he catches her like, uh, right after she's like trying to shoplift, um, from the, the shoplift, the apple from the newsstand mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and he buys her a cup of coffee or whatever. And he like proposes that she be her, her leading actor in his movie. And she's like, "Dude, I just met you like two minutes ago." Yeah.
1: And hey, do you want to come away with me to this mystery island? <laughs> right. She's like, the "Woman, I just met."
0: <laughs> right. And and she responds basically with, "What? I've always wanted to be an actress." <laughs> and yeah. I was like, um, "I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I was, I was just getting some like weird, creepy vibe." from that yeah, but uh
1: i feel like that's a combination of sign of the times and also like she can't say no otherwise the movie stops <laughs> so they had to write it that way you know so
0: <laughs> right um I, I did notice i mean not to jump the gun and, and jump to uh peter jackson's um kong film but i noticed that they did kind of uh do a little bit of a head nod when um jack black's character uh, basically does the same thing for Naomi Watts's character. And they kind of, they redo that scene, but they make it flow a little bit better. So it's, it's like one of the many homages to the original film. Uh, there's a but, lot of
1: those in the, in the Jackson film, which yeah, we'll, we'll get to.
0: Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Um, but all things aside, I, I think this movie kicks ass, um, uh, the the claymation I thought like was was actually fun to watch like yeah it's kind of goofy and silly but you know it's it's what they had to work with back then and you know all things considered I yeah. think they did a great job
1: it I think it, a lot of it a lot of the effects hold up really well um, right I, I, you know you mentioned it and I agree if nothing else this movie is definitely a technical triumph um, right it's not it's not the first movie that had A lot of effects or a lot of um, stop motion effects like that i mean like tyrannosaur came out before this i think it was before this and that you know that's a dinosaur movie with a lot of stop motion and you know there were other epics certainly before this um king of kings came out in the first the first version came out in 1925 or something i think so i mean Mm -hmm. you know hollywood was making epics literal epics before this so this definitely wasn't the first but i think that uh, this one worked in a way because you know it was it's a creature movie you know it's a monster movie so it's got a, a little more going on with it than just like uh you know like king of kings which is a bible story or um, ben-hur which is a bible story with nothing against those, i like both of those movies but you know this had this 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 had a broader appeal i would say
0: right yeah for sure um and s- kind of on that note you know we were talking a second ago about some you know underlying themes that the Godzilla movies have um but this one uh King Kong it's pretty different in terms of like monster movies and the underlying theme it has and I, I noticed in in your the notes that you added um you have man's penchant for cruelty and greed yeah yeah <laughs> uh, that that's that was actually something that like was at the 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 tip of my tongue and i just couldn't put it into words and and that's pretty much perfect i think
1: yeah i think that that you can view this movie in a few different ways or through a few different lenses Mm -hmm. um i think that's one of them you could you could view it as a critique of either or both man's penchant for cruelty and greed or as a uh critique of capitalism in that like it's just about in, in a lot of the same ways about that cruelty and that greed of like the subjugation of this creature for profit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, several people throughout uh, throughout the time since this movie was released have said that it's an allegory for colonialism and or um, f- fear of race mixing. Sure. Uh, one famous critic said that uh, or at least I presume a famous critic. I can't recall their name at the moment, but uh, said that this is basically a movie about the fear of of uh of uh black men taking white women except in this case it's not a man it's a literal ape which of course is you know a a long-held racial sure uh, thing um very gross racial thing Mm -hmm. uh the director denied that and he was like you know we we didn't have any any of that set out um or that wasn't the point of the film yeah uh what what uh excuse me what marion cooper said is that it's uh it's about modernity versus the ancients and essentially the fact that primitive man will be doomed by modern society. Um, You know, his original idea for the film struck when he was walking through New York and he looked up and imagined an ape on top of uh, the empire state building. Right. And then kind of worked backwards to, to step one from there.
0: Yeah. I I, I thought that was a fun little tidbit. but I I read that as well in the the movie trivia. Like I didn't, I didn't know any of the backgrounds, like, kind of Mm -hmm. what you said leading up to that moment but i i did read that in the trivia and i was like that's kind of fucking cool like a way to come up with a you know a movie premise is to basically sort
1: of reverse engineer it right yeah yeah um so you know i've talked about this before on the show we've talked about this before on the show i personally don't like to assume intent Mm-hmm. um on the part of creators unless it's very glaringly obvious you know w- with something like birth of a nation there's not really a second way to view that film um mm-hmm. you know but i, I also don't want to take away what anybody else got from it um within reason i mean obviously if you were like king kong is actually about how space aliens probe my ass i'd be like Nah, dog i think <laughs> you were wrong uh but a- any any critique in good faith i feel like is you know valid yeah that's my that's my pretentious soapbox for the week
0: (laughs) no i mean that that definitely sounds good um and it it makes sense um i yeah i'd I'd say greed and man's penchant for greed is uh, an accurate um, assessment on the film like and it Mm. it is kind of like the underlying theme of all the movies where they go you know even they arrive at the Island either accidentally or on purpose. And you know, the regardless of whatever happens, like however endangered their lives are through the events of uh, what take place on the Island, they still hope to make it off the Island with some form of cash making opportunity. Right.
1: Yeah. Like, and- go
0: ahead and i was just gonna say like and that i think that is a a pretty much a constant with all the kong films is like they get to that moment where getting off the island alive just isn't good enough like it's
1: it's kind of secondary right
0: right. for some of them uh, like for a lot of like the crew like the you know quote-unquote cannon fodder like the the ones that you don't really get to know that much like, you know, it's good enough for them to get off the island, but, you know, for certain other characters, you know, at the the top of the casting list, uh, you know, they're they're still looking to leave with some, you know, money-making opportunity in their pocket.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Denim says it. He's like, oh, you know, now we've got Kong, we're rich boys, you know, we're, we're going to be millionaires. Right. And uh, it's like, yeah, dude, you could have died. <laughs> Horrifically. Like several times, <laughs> right. So, but uh, you know, again, that just kind of plays up to to the penchant for for cruelty and greed, like we talked about. Um, we we, we touched on this, and I meant to bring it up. Then I, I shouldn't have, but uh, I had a little brain fart there. Been hitting head hit too many times. Uh, there's one line that really jumped out at me as being like really, really weird. Um, mm-hmm. and it's it's part of the whole scene where uh, the first mate. And uh, Fay Ray's character, quote-unquote, f- falling in love. And uh, he's just like, well, you know, I guess I love you. She's just like, but you hate women. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> yeah, I I thought that was really funny. Like,
1: uh, uh, I don't know if it was intentional comedy or maybe, you know, <laughs> sign of the times slash, right. you know, conversation has changed in the last 90 years. But I was just... I had forgotten about that. And I was very taken aback by it. I was like, what the fuck? Who's what? <laughs> Who says that? Uh, well,
0: I mean, granted up until that moment, he did do a really good job of be- giving her the impression that he more than anyone else on this ship did not give true. a shit about her and true and loathed her, uh, her Just existence, loathed her presence. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I mean is a uh, you know a tried and true setup for a budding romance. You know the the classic oh, like budding heads blossoms into a either a friendship or a, a a love interest of some sort. So you know that that was yeah. I, I I bought into it a little bit. You know I I thought it was decent enough.
1: I, I did think it was kind of funny, and, and I have to imagine this was intentional. Where um towards the start of the film. The, the director character Denim is talking about nobody cares about good pictures, they want to see romance, and da 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 da, da saying, You know, oh, all the critics say, Oh, you got to have some kind of romantic subplot, or it's not a good film. And then halfway through the movie, they shoehorn in, you know, this weird conversation about how suddenly I've hated you for the entire 40 minutes up to this point, and now we're in love <laughs> and <Yeah>. we're engaged. <laughs>
0: right. Like uh, within the span of um, this boat ride and what we went through on the island and then going back, like we decided that we're going to get fucking married, but Hey, like the average lifespan was well, like 45 back then. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I guess when you see a bunch of your crewmates horrifically murdered by a giant gorilla creature, right. you take, uh, you restock, uh, take take stock in life in a yeah, different
0: way. You just fucking shotgun life. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> you just from then on you freeball it forever.
0: <laughs> right, I'm gonna freebase the fuck out of life.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. The 33 movie to me is um, is like almost untouchable i mean there's problems with it for sure some of it you can hand wave away as being like oh well it was 1933 what do you expect um but it it just man it's it's a classic for a reason yeah
0: i i I don't like you said that no one can touch this movie and I, i think it will stand the test of time like it should be taught in in film school and in like intro at least intro level Um, film classes and and whatnot so yeah you want to talk a little bit about the 1976
1: remake yeah uh i personally don't have a lot of thoughts on it i know you just uh just watched it i don't know that i've ever seen this whole movie
0: yeah uh so this was um well aside from skull island which i mean I i watched that what maybe like a month and a half ago two months ago something like that um But out of the whole list, like, this was pretty much my first watch, like, out of the the Kong movies. And it was a lot of fun. Like, uh, you know, we were talking about Jeff Bridges earlier. Like, I was like, man, I I don't know who's sexier, like Jeff Bridges or uh, Jessica Lange. (laughs) It's a tough one. Yeah, he's just i
1: think that's it, prime jeff bridges sir i,
0: I know it, it really it, it was like it, it was when him and uh and what's his name from escape from new york kurt russell, kurt russell. Uh, they yeah. they just had that thick like fluffy
1: luscious mane oh
0: my god like i Piercing think that's eyes. that's what it comes down to for me it's just i don't any... want to sound
1: gay or nothing but you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> like i i just miss my hair man and like it's okay buddy the, the the fact that they have hair I'm just like but yeah he's he's a good looking dude in this one um, and yeah I it was it was a fun watch I uh I didn't take as many notes down for this one as I did uh, for uh, for the original, I thought it was in an interesting change up. Um, still kind of keeping on the theme of like greed and, and like capitalism and stuff. Like they ditched the whole like movie making uh, part of the storyline and replaced it with like, we're going to go mine for uh, oil, which I think is more um, in tune. That was with, definitely like, the very topical
1: I, for the 1970s. Right. So. I,
0: that that was going to be my guess. Like if I had like one or two more days to dive into research for this episode, I, I would have do- dove more in deep into. Uh. Maybe that the reasoning for writing that into the storyline mm. uh, that that was going to be my guess was that it was like the whole oil thing was yeah the oil crisis and,
1: and and everything was yeah that was definitely more topical in the seventies
0: yeah um, but you know there, there's that and also I found it really interesting that this was pretty much the only Kong movie uh, that I know of there, there might be another one that I haven't seen or just some a part of one that I'm not thinking of, but this is the only Kong movie that you see, you get a scene in between them leaving the island, escaping the island, going back to New York where they're on the boat. Like all the other movies skip that part, which kind of annoyed me because I was like, how the fuck do you get Kong? Like, like keep him sedated and then get him (laughs) on the boat. Like, uh, i's, I mean granted none of them actually showed them getting Kong onto the boat I guess that just isn't as interesting um to to add into a movie as it as it is just to kind of make it up in your head how it would happen right but it is the only movie uh like I said that I know of that has like a scene back on the boat um and some interaction with Kong um you know because she's uh She's back. Uh, they're they're all back on the boat. They're he- heading back to New York, and uh, I can't remember if like Kong is making noise or or what, but like she goes to see him, like uh, and and look at him through like the grate uh, down below, and and like he sees her and basically starts freaking out because like he's angry. He realizes that he's captured and um, he's still like pretty sedated. And, you know, he starts shaking the boat so much that she ends up falling through the the grate. And then you get this really cool scene of, like, his arm reaching out and, like, catching her. Uh, which, you know, granted, it's like late 70s um, uh, animation or special effects, so it looks a little, you know, uh, blocky. But uh, it was, you know, it was still kind of fun to have that the in-between scene that I felt was kind of missing right. from some of the other Kong movies. It's a little grounding. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Doesn't this one kind of climax at the, uh, the world trade center instead of the empire state building or
1: I would, I, I haven't, seen the end of this movie okay. um so i'm i'm not 100 sure i would presume so like i said i've, I've only seen bits and pieces of this film and, yeah and i don't know that i've seen enough to really even even say that i've seen bits and pieces of it really <laughs> but <laughs> yeah that's um i that's wouldn't be fair. surprised
0: yeah I, i'm pretty sure like the the first one took place at the empire state building right
1: right which was at the time i believe the tallest building in the world
0: right um so yeah uh and, and then uh the the world trade center wasn't built by then or wasn't built at that point. Right.
1: Right. Uh, so I would assume that in the seventies, it would have been the tallest building in the world. So they might've updated it for that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, that was uh, another little difference uh, between
0: um the the original and this remake. So um. yeah, we can, we can jump ahead uh, to uh, unless you have any other thoughts you want to add. I mean, it's, it's cool if you nope. don't like you said you... Jeff
1: Bridges very dreamy moving on <laughs> uh yeah the 2005 Peter Jackson uh remake like I said at the top of the show I, I, feel, I feel like I remember this one being pretty divisive where he, a lot of people really liked it and a lot of people really didn't like it for various reasons yeah I personally I felt it was unnecessary I mean I like Peter Jackson as a director he's, he's you know he's up until like 2008 when he gave up he was a very good director <laughs> um <laughs> Um, but uh, it just, it, it was one of those films where I was like, we don't it doesn't need a remake though. It's already got a really good version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's, it, I like it. I think it's a, I, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's very good.
0: Yeah. So I, I think this was the first time I revisited the movie since I saw it the first time in theaters back in mm-hmm. 2005. And, I I didn't know that this the there was an unedited or director's ver, director's cut version out there, uh. But when I saw it, I was like, "Why not?" And then I saw the runtime; it was like three hours and ten minutes, and I was like, "Well, there's no turning yeah, the back now."
1: The movie's like almost three hours on its own. Um, yeah, and then they're just like, "We're gonna do the Lord of the Rings thing and extend it." Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So you know, say what you will about the. A long run run time you know I, I get it but what I think this movie kind of benefits from with its long run time is the ability to elaborate a little bit more on those moments in uh, especially the original that they could only touch on for you know a minute or two before moving on because I, I don't, know, I, I think just the the average runtime of a movie back then just wasn't as long. Um, so, you know, now we have the, the added benefit of being able to spend a little bit more time. So like the diner scene between Jack Black's character and Naomi, Naomi Watts, like that's a little bit more in depth and you have a little bit more context of him proposing uh, the idea to her of Um, Hey, you want to be the the lead in my movie? Um, And uh, you you also like him being not like a failed director, but like someone who's about to miss out or lose his like last shot at making a movie. You uh, you really understand his motivation for just not wanting to give up on making a movie. Like, (laughs) I can't tell you how many fucking times. They almost die on the island, but he's like so determined to hold on to his camera. Uh, yeah. And, and shoot this damn movie. Uh, and then when when that goes out the window, you know, of course he has the idea to sedate Kong with the chloroform, kind of like what they did with, uh, uh, I think that was in the, the 70s remake. And um, yeah, and then bring him back to,
1: It's it's gas bombs in the, in the thirties.
0: yeah, that's, that's right. Um, but yeah, Andy circus, you know, he played, uh, he played the gorilla. Um, you know, he did the, the mocap for that. And of course Mm -hmm. he has a long running history with mocap stuff. Like he, he played Gollum from Lord of the Rings and, um, I say long running history and then all the other instances of him playing vocab <laughs> stuff he, eludes my memory.
1: Didn't he play Caesar in the, uh, yes. The Planet yes. of the Apes remakes yep. too. He, he Reboots. did. Yeah.
0: Um, and, uh, I mean, he,
1: he's done stuff where he's not, a mocap actor, but I think that's probably what he's most famous for.
0: Right, and he actually he had a role in this this movie. Like, uh, n- not only did he like he played three roles. Like, he he played Kong earning that paycheck, right? Um, he played Kong twice, and then he played like a a member of the crew. Um, I can't remember what his name was in the crew. Uh, I think I think he had a a missing eye and just didn't have an eye patch. Um, Dope. but I know, right? You're just like fuck that eye patch for, for pansies.
1: Uh, That's tough.
0: <laughs> yeah, but so I read in the trivia that they had to film the, the Kong stuff twice. Like the first was him like with Naomi Watts, so she had someone to react to or something to react to, and then the second time was when they wrapped production and then they had to go back and like do more mocap stuff and more um, like sound effects and stuff like that in, in studio. Uh, So yeah, like you said, just fucking earning that paycheck.
1: Earning that check. Yeah. But I mean, he did an awesome job. I think, um, I think you hit the nail on the head that this is, I think out of all the films that have been released thus far in the, in the King mythology, the King Kong mythology, rather um, I think this, does the best job of inspiring empathy for king kong Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that is because you know we get we get a lot of very good um facial tics and and movement from the mocap
0: yeah yeah for sure that's that's definitely one thing that the progression of technology has afforded this movie is it's just like you said the ability to get more Uh, facial stuff out of the, the CG and whatnot. And plus, you know, like I uh, said at the the beginning with that added time, we have the ability to get more elaborate scenes and just more scenes in general with, um, with Naomi Watson uh, and Kong. Like I I just, I, I thought it was amazing and just so endearing the scene where, like it's, it's kind of like the first scene that they have together where they're not being attacked by other, uh, you know, monsters and creatures where, um, Oh yeah. It's where she like tries to run away and he's like pissed. And so she's like doing her little vaudeville dances and, and like pretending Mm -hmm. to fall down and he like starts cracking up and, and he starts like pushing her down with his finger and stuff. Um, I, I thought was a lot of fun, but, uh, um, yeah, there was that, and uh, one thing, one little trivia tidbit I found that was pretty interesting was there's an infamous part of the original uh, that was cut out uh, by the director himself. Like he wasn't told to cut it; um, he he made the executive decision, and it was, uh, you know, there's like consistencies with every Kong film, um, you know, or you know, there's the ones that the original did and then all the others kind of with their head nods the original and one of those Mm -hmm. is the the infamous um giant tree trunk or or, uh just tree i guess um that that acts as a bridge between the two land masses
1: right um and,
0: and the the people are trying to cross it get away from kong and he takes the tree trunk and like
1: Leads them into the canyon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Where he's like shaking the tree trunk and and, like trying to shake them off. And a lot of them, you know, end up falling down. Some survive, some don't, but in the original, he, uh, he shakes them off. And there's a scene where this, the people that survived the fall, there's these giant fucking spiders that come out of nowhere and just fucking eat those people. And he, uh, they were showing that to test audiences back uh, before the movie was released in 1933. And like people were just terrified. Like they had never seen anything fucking like this in their entire lives. Um, And he was like, well, we should probably take this out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny that you say that because um, when I saw this in theaters, like I said, I saw it on new year's Eve with, with some friends at the time. And they all like had the same reaction to Jackson's version because it has that scene where they, where right. they fall in and there's like the insects attacking them. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were just like, Oh fuck. And like left the theater and then came back in a couple of times to see if it was over with yet. And oh, I was like, wow. sissies. That, yeah. pe- pe-
0: <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that where people, yeah. uh, at least not that I, I know. I mean, it's probably happened and I just didn't notice it, but um, yeah, that that was definitely a, a head nod to the original is Mm -hmm. uh jackson wanted to include that scene kind of as a head nod to the og and how they he had to take it out and he's like all right i'll i'll throw it in there um Mm -hmm. you know as a callback i
1: think uh there's a well i don't think i know there's a lot of a lot of nods and homages in this film to the original in particular um Mm -hmm. and and not just to the original film but also to the original cast and crew um there's a part where um they're talking about trying to get a woman for the picture and they end up getting Naomi Watson and and they're just like well what about Faye Ray well he's I think the the exact line is like what about Faye oh well she's doing uh a picture with RKO which is obviously that's a nod to Faye Ray RKO is who released the original Kong and then uh I believe it's Denim who says like uh she's doing something with uh marion i should have known uh, course, which is a reference to the original director right um there's a lot of stuff like that i mean peter jackson is like king of the nerds basically um in a positive way i don't mean that as a slight you know right. he's like basically the nerd king at this yeah. point. yeah um, yeah there's
0: there is a i noticed a lot of like meta head nods in um it, when i rewatched it uh yesterday and today because you know it's like three and a half hours had to split it up over you know two days but um there was one other thing that i I wanted to to mention and um i just slipped my mind um yeah um yeah uh ted do you, you have any other thoughts on um the peter jackson remake reboots uh, um, you want to call
1: it no I mean I think it's a good movie I, I think it's it's flawed in a lot of ways but I, I still think it's a very good film and, sure. and definitely worth checking out
0: yeah I, I think so too I, I think it's definitely worth a watch uh, at least a, once over um, yeah you want to jump into some Skull Island to round this bitch off yes cool so yeah Skull Island which was our uh, highest voted Uh, Kong movie in the the Facebook poll. Um, by uh, Mr. uh, Director Jordan Vote Roberts Bot Roberts. I don't know. No one knows. It's
1: provocative. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is um, this is a weird one. Like I said, I I had a lot of fun with the movie, but I also kind of think that the best part of the movie is its poster. Okay, this has a fucking dope poster. It it does have a dope poster. The the apocalypse now rip. Uh, I like that a lot um i i do agree with your thoughts we talked about this a little bit um and then you i see it in your notes here it's it's i think it's a good idea i agree that it's a good idea to go with a different storyline than than just rather than just reboot the same king kong movie we've seen you know yeah three or four times and, and at least talk about three times already on the show um,
0: and plus it makes sense uh since they're building the you know quote unquote monster verse like it it didn't really didn't really fit that narrative if their Mm. their play was to eventually bring in godzilla
1: plus john goodman you know nothing wrong with that absolutely not um i i will say though i think that some of the characters in this movie i just actively hate um
0: (laughs) it yeah that's that's a actually a comment from the director he was like yeah there's too many uh too many actors in this (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> um i just i feel like um i spent a large portion of the movie being like why are tom Edelson and brie larson here like why are their characters here i have nothing against tom Edelson and brie larson, brie larson as people you know i just why why are their characters here like i I would have much rather seen the movie where it was just um john goodman's character samuel L. jackson's character and the rest of the soldiers and then um john c Riley's like you know, shipwrecked or plane, plane wrecked guy. Yeah. that That's a personal complaint though. And and like I said, I, I still had a lot of fun with the movie. I think that there are a lot of awesome, awesome pieces of this movie that don't necessarily add up to an awesome whole, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. It's the, the, the best line, of course, in the movie
1: is, is that a monkey? Is that a monkey? Yeah, that's one of my favorite lines in movie history. I will, I will admit, yeah. I do think that there is some the the good outweighs the bad. Though I don't just want to shit on this movie because, like I said, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I liked it yeah. a lot when I saw it. Um, I think the skull crawlers are fucking dope. Uh, that is probably oh, the high yeah. point of this movie for me. Yeah, the
0: uh, yeah, those were fucking creepy as hell. Um, yeah, and but yeah, the and that was with. Uh, Oh yeah, that, that was the other thing I, I wanted to touch on. The other consistence and and head nods is, um, you know, w- uh, other than like the the tree tree trunk thing, like that was one thing that Kong always does with like the the snapping prey, right? Like he takes their jaws and like just fucking breaks the jaws, like rips yes. their mouth open, yes, like it's fucking iconic like and it's so good like every time you see it you're just like yeah like <laughs> like you just rips yeah. the jaw open and like i i think in peter jackson's uh movie like he actually rips his tongue out with his mouth i was yeah. like holy f- shit <laughs> um,
1: yeah it, it's really great in the 33 version because you can see the the like the clay blood and i'm just i, I had forgotten yeah. that when i was rewatching. i was like damn they really went for it <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah
0: um and, and like Hayes code
1: <laughs> right <laughs> and, and
0: the fact that like they uh uh When you know it's dead when Kong is like checking to make sure that it's dead dead like he's picking up its head and like dropping it a few times (laughs) just like Mm. I don't think it's necessarily like adding insult to injury uh, or kicking a horse while it's down you know so to speak but uh, it's just one of those things I guess that you do as a a giant animal in the jungle (laughs) is you make sure that your prey is dead. Um, yeah or your attacker is dead before you turn your back on it
1: (laughs) sure one other thing about this movie that i i I like uh, i think works um given well it has to given the context of the monsterverse but i think it works within this film itself as well in skull island is that they really make it a point to say that kong is not fully grown or not fully developed right obviously um kong much like godzilla has grown over the years in different iterations and the original i mean you look at him and he's he's huge certainly but he's not like 100 feet tall i think he's like 30 feet tall or something basically yeah at at one point when he's back in new york he's staring into like the third floor of a building Mm -hmm. which is not you know freakish i mean you know it's it's huge obviously but it's not like huge monstrous you know right um and then in Skull Island, he's bigger and they, they say, well, he's going to get even bigger, which is of course, you know, he has to, because he's going to fight Godzilla in a couple of years. And Godzilla's fucking a n- nuclear goddamn dinosaur. <laughs> <goes>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did like it. I mean, it's exposition and, you know, sometimes exposition is going to be a little eye rolly and cringe inducing, but I think that they, uh, they did a good job of putting it in there and then making it also make sense within mm-hmm. the greater context of the, of the film. Yeah. One thing that I really appreciated about this movie, you know, you, you said,
0: like you, you mentioned the thing about Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson, their characters, like, why are they here? And I think that's, you know, that's fair. Like it, it I, I think that's just a, that's an, a, also just a fair assessment on the movie as a whole. Like there's just too many people in it. Um, I think maybe he did that uh, as a way to have like some cannon fodder, <laughs> just just some maybe. people to to get rid of. Um, but also, like I was reading that uh, that Brie Larson took the role because she appreciated the direction they wanted to take with like I don't know what the, what they call the the prototypical like maybe like Kong girl or whatever, you know, that the girl that's in every King Kong movie, that's the, the damsel in distress, right. but that's not yeah. the case with this movie. You know, she's like the badass. She's basically like the Jane Goodall of the, the Kong <laughs> universe. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> like she, she goes there that's and like, good. you know, she's, she's not really like terrified of it. Uh, and, um, you know, she wants to learn more and she's the conservationist and, um, I uh, and also i'm just a fan of brie larson like i, I like yeah. her I, I, I like her as a uh, an actor and i typically like the characters she plays and
1: so I, I will say that it was a bit more forward-thinking rendition of of uh of yeah how women have been portrayed historically in king kong movies like i said there there are a lot of very fair criticisms you could point to in the kong films and I, and I think that's definitely one of them
0: yeah yeah for sure um Yeah. And just kind of going back to some earlier points, like it's also just a sign of the times, not like that's necessarily an excuse per se, but that's, that was the, the role that women were, were cast as in a lot of movies, especially these kinds of movies is Mm -hmm. the damsel in distress. Um, But, you know, especially this being like a period piece uh, taking place in like the what the 60s or, or 70s yeah, like the, the vietnam area early 70s yeah um they uh, you know casting uh a female role uh for that role um i i think was a wise choice and just having a strong female character in a kong movie was definitely overdue well overdue so um so yeah but um yeah, I, I really don't have too much else uh, to talk about Kong Skull Island. I know that we've touched on it mm-hmm. at least a couple times um, before now. I, I think it was My Shit That Doesn't Suck several weeks ago. Um, and I know that we talked about, about it a fair, fair amount then. So yeah, yeah. Um,
1: all right, uh, speaking of shit that doesn't suck, David, I think we should probably hit that segment and then put this one to bed before we bore our listeners to death. <laughs> um, That's fair. Yeah, so I will go ahead and go first and knock mine out. Uh, Criterion, the Criterion channel, um, has had a uh, a curated selection recently over the last couple of months called uh, New, K- New Korean Cinema, I think. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's basically a curated list of, of pretty, um, popular uh, as well as important films from, uh, Korean directors over the last 20 to 25 years, uh, roughly, uh, hence the new, right. Um, I, so I've been going through it. I, I'd seen some of the films that, that, uh, that were a part of this list. I mean, some of the, you know, the, the, the usual suspects you might say were, mm. were on there. Um, one that I hadn't seen that I'd always heard about, uh, from director Park Chan-wook, uh, who is probably most famous for the vengeance trilogy, which includes, uh, old boy, which I would say is probably his most famous film. Sure. Um, the movie of his that I watched that I had not seen, but had, had come heavily recommended. It's called joint security area. Um, it's Whoa. a mystery. It's a mystery movie, uh, of sorts, um, set along the DMZ between North and South Korea. Ooh.
0: um,
1: there is an incident, so they bring in some neutral parties to investigate, and it kind of spirals from there. It's very good, very, very good film. I cannot recommend it enough. It's called Joint Security Area.
0: Yeah, it sounds fucking hardcore just by the title.
1: Yeah. Um, if you've ever seen any of uh, Park Chan-wook's films, he has a penchant for brutality, I mm, would say. Yes. <laughs> um, but not without not without purpose it's not just violence for the sake of violence right which i'm not against i mean i like goofy bloody action movies uh but his 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 always serves a greater purpose or a greater theme
0: yeah for sure i mean and if you've ever seen old boy you know exactly what yes, we're talking which
1: about. old boy fucking rules yeah that, that really should have been my shit that doesn't suck but i haven't <laughs> watched it in a while so i went with this one
0: <laughs> yeah i saw that one once and i was like man it's gonna be a while before i'm able to revisit this because my yeah, head you, head just exploded do not forget that
1: movie you've seen it.
0: <laughs> uh yeah um well that's cool i'll definitely have to add that to my list um you said it was on the they added it to the criterion uh channel or streaming service? yeah uh
1: it's on the criterion channel which is their streaming service 10 bucks a month and uh they have a in my opinion a better selection than netflix um okay of a lot of different stuff they have um the curated lists like this new korean cinema as well as they had one for 70s horror uh around last halloween Oh, uh, dope um they they put out different stuff like um february their big push was for like uh black voices and black filmmakers sure um for march which is women's history month they're doing a, a lot of spotlights on like um female empowered cinema as well as cinema written and directed and produced by women mm-hmm. um so they they do a lot of theme stuff like that as well as i mean all uh not all the movies but a lot of movies that are in their collection uh are available to stream as well as some other movies that you know that uh are not part of the quote unquote criterion collection, but are available to stream on the channel. So uh, it's, it's 10 bucks well spent. In my opinion, I, I, I was a charter subscriber and I'm going to probably be a subscriber until they either cancel the service or I drop dead.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, speaking of uh, female empowerment and, and black uh, mixture of black history month and women's um, what, what did she say? was women's women's, women's Appreci- history month. Uh, sure yeah um uh the the director uh nia De costa who did the um the candyman remake or reboot or whatever she was mm-hmm. just tapped to do captain marvel 2 which is pretty exciting so um that was just that was news that just broke like yesterday the day before so that's pretty cool all right so for my shit that doesn't suck i'm gonna do something a little different uh i i've only done Music and, and albums uh, once or twice, but uh, you know, since my movie watching here for the last week or so has basically just been straight up King Kong, and we just talked about King Kong, that's kind of off limits. So, I'm doing music, and um, I have been listening to the fuck out of Dance Gavin Dance's live album, The Tree City Sessions 2. It's kind of sort of live. Uh, they recorded it to, it, it was when they were going to, when, when they plan on doing it uh, initially, they were going to do it live, like tree city sessions, one, the original, but uh, they, then COVID happened, but they still wanted to do it and release it as an album. So they, what they did was like, they set up in a recording studio, but they all played together as a band from start to finish. So they basically played like a, like a whole set um, with no breaks in between. Um, so they have like uh, like the, the transition music that they use in their live performances. They actually used on the album too. Um, so it's just like a super fun album to listen to. Um, and, and plus you get to hear like the new clean vocalist that's been around for the last couple albums, Tillian. Um, you get to hear him do past songs that were sung by, um, like Johnny Craig and the other clean vocalists that have been around. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I've been listening to the shit out of that album. It'll probably end up being like, you know, at the, the Spotify wrapped at the end of the year, like it'll probably be my like most listened to album for the year. So yeah, uh, yeah it's, um it's been my soundtrack while I craft and make all these tumblers. And if you've been following me on social media, you know that I've been doing a shit ton of crafting as well. So, which is all available on our Etsy shop, which is a great segue into. (laughs) Into
1: our, yeah. 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 That is a Etsy geek garage creations, right?
0: Geek garage gear. It was geek 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 garage. It it was geek garage creations. And then we were like, Hey, there's alliteration in geek garage gear. So we Mm. chose that one.
1: All right. So geek garage gear on Etsy. Of course you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, which we never used Instagram. <laughs> uh, just search for geek garage. All that is in the show notes. Um, yep. As well as geek garage podcast.com. If you would like, uh, if you like what you've heard, why would you? But if you do, for some reason, uh, give us a like and a subscription. Um, you Rape. can also give us bad reviews, but none of this three middle of the road, fence walking bullshit you commit by God. <laughs> uh, that's all free. <clears throat> if you feel so inclined to throw us a few doll hairs, we do have a Patreon tiers start as low as $2 and there's a $5 tier. Also that's for the big spenders out there. Yeah. Um, get you a lot of cool perks, like a, uh, uh an exclusive button and sticker combo that David will send to you. Uh, should you be so inclined? We promise it doesn't have COVID germs on it. Right. Um, as well as doing some things like an exclusive group on Facebook and, and uh, perks like helping us program the show. That doesn't sound like a perk, but it is you get to choose what we talk about. Yeah. And we'll maybe do the research for it. Possibly. <laughs> Probably not though, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. Like the Avengers bracket brawl. Uh, if you are part of our Facebook group, that's a, a thing that we've been doing for March because March badness and, and all that. Um, the the fine folks uh, of our Patreon team. Um, we haven't come up with a snappy name for it yet, but that's also on the to do list. The Geek uh,
1: Garage Gatreons. That's, no, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's pretty funny, uh, but yeah, they they helped us come up with that idea, and it's uh, it's been going pretty gangbusters. I think uh, a lot of people have been having fun with it. A lot of people are upset. Um, they're like, I refuse to participate because, like, one of the first seeds was Iron Man against uh, Black Panther, and that one stung a little bit for a few people. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, it just stings in general. But yeah, um, but yeah, you, you do get to you know just help us decide on you know future content like ted said and future episodes and other fun engaging things that we do with the rest of the audience so uh, get to be a part of that but yeah um that'll do it for this episode folks and as always be kind steaky heat and eat lots of cheesecake bye bye everybody
1: bye everybody